everybody, what is going on? It's me, ya boy, ya friend, ya co-host here, Jay Miller, host of Shelf Space Review, where each week we take a randomly curated movie and we see if it's still worth the shelf space it is sitting upon. Now, now as you all know, uh, we did not do that a few weeks ago with the release of the, um, uh, the film Smile. Because I felt that that was something maybe a little bit more prevalent, a little more interesting, especially with it being spooky season and one to, you know, kind of dip my toe into recent releases and reviewing them on the show. Today, as you can probably tell by the uh, title for this episode, we're doing something similar again, talking about the end of the David Gordon Green and the Danny McBride Halloween trilogy with uh, Halloween Ends. Now... This was this was a movie that I was going into based off of Halloween kills with not the greatest of expectations. Um, you know what? In case you still haven't seen the trailer or heard or really don't know exactly what this movie is about, I'm going to lay out the trailer here real quick for you. And then after that trailer, we're going to get into some spoiler territory, give you my thoughts on the film, what scenes might have worked, what scenes didn't work, and kind of where do we go from here? Is Michael Myers actually uh, actually done? Is Jamie Lee Curtis done with this franchise? What do we think? Okay, so let's roll that trailer. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. feels different. He's more dangerous. Okay, so that was your warning. That was your one and only warning. From here on out, we are getting into spoiler territory for Halloween Ends. 
and starting right about now. Okay, it was a perfect like four minutes and thirty seconds on the uh, on the click track here. So, spoiler territory has begun. Okay, so essentially, what is the plot of Halloween ends? It 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 really kind of is a gut punch from the get go, which I, I don't know. I I. I, I kind of struggled with the beginning a little bit, kind of where are they going with this? I don't think I really fully took in what the trailer had to offer. So maybe rewatch the trailer. If if you kind of feel like you were turned upside down by this movie, which I, I do feel like a little bit. That being said, I think this is a big improvement from Halloween Kills. However... I still am not fully on board with this movie. I think Halloween Kills is a better constructed film. And I think that Halloween ends while the construction of the film itself, editing, uh, effects, things in that nature are great and fantastic. The dialogue is utterly atrocious in the first third to half of this movie. There's just some very awkward blocking between um, our main characters, Allison and Corey. Some very weird dialogue exchanges between the two of them at first and and some of the folks that Allison works with at the hospital. Um, But yeah, let's let's get into a bit of a plot synopsis here uh, of the film and just go from there. So I lied a little bit to you here. The plot synopsis I'm getting off of IMDb, which is where I usually get my plot synopsises from to read quickly, um, is very extremely vague and kind of in the same vein to go get you to go see the fucking movie. Um, basically, I'll, I'll just read it. It's it's two sent. It's a sentence. Uh, the saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode's comes to a spine chilling climax in the final installment of this trilogy. So fuck that. I'll just give you a lay down. Essentially, we meet this young man, Corey, who is living or he's going to babysit a family, you know, the a year after the events of Halloween kills, saving up money for college. And he wants to be able to, you know, get away from Haddonfield and just kind of experience life. So he's babysitting a, um, a family that's going out to a Halloween party, watching over their son. Uh, as as the night progresses, that the the kids play hide and seek, and ultimately it leads to the child locking Corey in the closet, and Corey, who is claustrophobic and kind of on edge already, as much of the people in this town already are from the events of the last year, he, you know, banging on the door trying to get out. And in the event of doing so, when he finally is able to get the door open, this the uh, he whacks the kid that who he is babysitting in the in the face with the door, sending him backwards and falling down this like fucking uh, I would say like in the same vein as seven like these like beautifully stacked stairs, and this kid just fucking falls right in front of mom and dad to his death in their house. Um, starting the you know 
kicking off the the idea of what the fuck is this? Like, if a kid can die in the first few minutes of this movie, what's going to happen in the rest of uh, of the film? Which I think there's nothing truly as shocking that matches that throughout the film. Uh, they kind of really give you that gut punch front and center, and nothing else kind of comes into that same sphere throughout the film, in my opinion. But, you know, in the wake of this tragedy, it's, you know, we flash forward four years later, so totally we we realize that Corey never went to college. Corey stayed at home, worked at his stepdad's uh, garage, um, and kind of is the town pariah looked at by all these all these folks in town and and just you know which culminates to a group of a group of uh, gen z assholes <laughs> coming to uh attack him but that will ultimately lead to Laurie Strode who is happens to be in the vicinity uh looking out for him and that was kind of a nice little touch because it seems Lori has gotten her shit together for lack of a better term, really given up the, there's a lot of exposition about where her life has gone since the events of Halloween kills. She's really given into, you know, the idea of normality, living with Allison, trying to have a nice calm and normal life and not let fear or evil in all caps screaming evil. Um, take away her identity and her own her life essentially so she's been able to for lack of a better term cope with the events happening happening after her daughter was killed four years ago um but she kind of opens the door for all this to happen in a sense because she introduces Corey to allison like oh he's He's gone through trauma. You've gone through trauma. Maybe you two would make a great match. And, but there's something. There's just, there, there's a lot of creepy, creepiness involved and hilarity ensues. And just ultimately, Allison and Corey go on a, a costume date together. And the Gen Z Zoomers fuck him up, throw him, throw him into a well where we kind of see a bit of a, it's alluded to a little earlier in the movie. But you're not quite sure what's going on with all of that. There's a creepy hobo. And I guess the hobo is working with Michael Myers and, like, throwing people down this fucking dirty-ass sewage tube where Michael's hiding out and has been hiding out there for four years. Which, why, I guess? Because, I, I don't know. It just, it, it seems like too big of a jump in time for me. Like, if it was, like... Not the next year, but maybe two years or something like that. Like, it seems like there's almost like too much, too much of the time has gone by in between. And uh, I mean, maybe he was hiding. He was waiting out the pandemic down there, which means uh, the coronavirus would easily take Michael Myers out. Um, but, you know, Corey falls into this little. Uh, Hooverville, where this hobo is living with all of his shit, and then the hobo looks over and just kind of sees him getting sucked into the um, the drainage pipe, which seems very it, it it was it was very different than what I was expecting because we never have seen Michael Myers kind of like do something like that before, and you don't even see him like dragging the body; you just see this boy getting sucked into a a sewage tube, and 
ultimately coming out and or coming coming to in the underground taverns and looking around where he is then confronted by Michael Myers. But there's this crazy uh, montage that happens when the two look in each other's eyes. It's almost as if Michael is transferring the evil to Corey. It's like Michael sees him and knows what he's gone through and sees his trauma and then transfers the evil into Corey so that he can like push him over the edge to be evil. I, I don't know. I, I, that, that really did not work for me. I, I don't know. I just, and then, you know, that, that leads to Corey kind of, you know, standing up for himself a little bit more, getting a little bit more jaded and tough and really strengthening his relationship with Allison, trying to get her to leave Haddonfield with him. It's, it works, but it doesn't work because I think it it works better. This movie would have worked a lot better for me if it was a fucking Christine remake, which, you know, another John Carpenter movie. I, I really got the vibes from this that it was an homage to Christine and like Wild at Heart or Lost Highway or something. It was like John Carpenter meets David Lynch. And and those those two just become a what do you what what do you get when you mix those two up in a pot and and put it in the oven for forty five minutes like Halloween ends pops out um, that that's just my thought like I saw uh, it was very a la Lynch in the way the blocking was kind of these extended grandiose emotional outbursts that folks were having. Um, and, and just kind of, it, I don't know, I kind of got a little bit of Tommy Wiseau vibes with some of the dialogue, like I said in the beginning, uh, up to the first half of the movie. But, uh, yeah, that's to each their own, I suppose. But, okay, so after, you know, we see Corey is is now in, endowed with the evil, so to speak, he starts performing murders. Um, he kills the, he kills people who are, um, not good to Allison. So her ex-boyfriend, uh, Haddonfield police officer, Doug, he lures him into the, uh, sewer where Michael gets him. And it almost seems like every time Michael kills, he's getting a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. So I think they kind of ripped that off of Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit. Cause I know there's a. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit more on Spooky Time Presents. That should be coming out Saturday, October 15th, this episode. Um, our take, the whole group's take on Halloween ends. But there's a, there's a, there was a, an idea for um, the, final, the final nightmare, uh, the Freddy Krueger movie, where Freddy's like a joke and then kids go into their dreams just to fuck with him. And then, you know, once Freddy kills, he's able to, you know, kind of build up his strength a little bit. And then until he ultimately comes back and is a badass again. So that I kind of got a vibe off of that. I, I kind of felt that the plot of this was in the same vein as as that Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But it just it, I, it wasn't necessarily clear. There were some sections that it was like too much exposition and then other ones where I know you're supposed to show and not tell, but that was a little, the va- the, the showing was a little vague in my opinion, but you know, Corey is, is ultimately feeding Michael almost these, these people to kill. And then he's getting involved where he murders 
um, Allison's uh, co-worker and and uh, the doctor at her at her work who it's shown that they're she got up this this nurse got a promotion over Allison because she's fucking the doctor, which I thought that was a little cheap in my opinion um for something that has kind of stayed away from those type of situations and kills the entirety of this movie or the entirety of this uh trilogy so far i thought that was a bit of a cheap cop out towards the end here um but that is when we see michael is back at, at this point and but he's not he's back, but he's not back. He constantly is going back to the I think he's he's lost his mojo, so to speak. And he keeps returning to the um, the sewer where he's been living the last four years. Um, <clears throat> this starts to, I think, really piss off Corey that he thinks the two of them should be doing more. And he goes down to confront Michael where he overpowers him because now Corey is endowed with the evil so he can take fucking Michael Myers when no normal man at all has been able to in the past. But Corey wrestles with Michael Myers, takes his mask and starts to perform uh, the killings in in his name just to kind of drive fear into the into the the townsfolk of Haddonfield who, you know, kind of made him a pariah to begin with at this point. Now it is Halloween. Uh, we get revenge on the zoomers on the fucking Gen Z assholes, which, you know, I was not upset about at all. Um, it was that, that I would say from the time Corey dons the Michael Myers mask, that is when this movie really finds its pace as Michael Corey kills his mother, where there's a very kind of creepy, dynamic between the two of them it's a little bit incesty she kisses him on the mouth after screaming at him and then immediately apologizes to him so I'm not really sure what that dynamic is there he just seems like whenever he is at home he is in utter turmoil and completely just fucked so I mean, that could have been there before his initial accident at the beginning of the movie with his the kid he was babysitting. But I think you take something like that and you add it on to the trauma and constantly being fucking looked at or screamed at by someone in public. That's going to have an effect. Um, But again, was that Corey or was that the evil Michael put in him? And if the evil was something that could come out of Michael to go into something, does that ultimately mean that Michael is a victim of it as well? And that he might not have necessarily been responsible for his actions. It's just things like that that I I, I mean, kudos to David Gordon Green and Danny McBride for this trilogy. Because every time I see one of these movies, I have a fuck ton of questions after the fact. And I my mind is just racing with what does this mean or what does that mean and it's not like uh i don't know it's not like a star wars uh the last jedi bunch of questions or you know phantom menace type questions while i would compare this halloween trilogy as more successful than the new star wars trilogy i i still think they are in a very similar vein um, with you know reprising these these older 
properties that is it something that we necessarily even need to do anymore at this point or should we just be really trying to push the envelope with new original content but you know I'm not I'm not upset about it I love Michael Myers I'm going to see a Halloween film whenever it comes out and being of the generation where I was of age essentially to see the Rob Zombie stuff in theaters, you know, I had, I would think I was like in 15, 14 or 15 when that first one came out, but having nothing since the Rob Zombie uh, Halloween two, and then having this, like, this has been a godsend in my opinion. I would almost rather have this than no Halloween, but again, it's, you're going to get the criticisms and you're going to get the reviews and, and that's what it's going to, what it's going to be. Okay, so back to the plot synopsis. We kind of keep trailing off here. My bad. Um, so once Corey has taken care of the the Gen Z assholes and the uh, and his mother, he then goes for Lori Strode, who is expecting him. Really, she calls in a suicide because she it, it it's looking like after this fight with Allison, telling her not to leave Haddonfield, not to go with Corey because she can sense the evil in him. She pulls a gun out of her safe and is going to kill herself supposedly. And then that's when we get the reveal. Like she opens the door and sees Corey, Michael as uh standing there. And she's like, I would never kill myself. And then just pops him a bunch of times, him falling down the stairs in the same vein as the child who he, uh, who he accidentally murdered uh, a few years prior. Then, you know, Lori goes down there sees that it's not Michael. She, I think she knew it wasn't Michael from the get-go, but that was a little... Um, I, I wasn't quite sure if she knew or if uh, if we were supposed to know that she knew or, or what the situation was. But she takes him down. Um, he... There, he said... Corey says, if I can't have Allison, then no one can too many fucking times. Again, that's... That's, that's how shitty the writing is in, in this movie I the action and the kills are pretty great but I think the the dialogue was utterly not taken care of not reviewed not I it just I I whoever read this and said good to go is a fucking yes man and just couldn't bear to see Danny McBride cry I suppose but the dialogue is is horseshit in this movie but Again, once he utters his immortal, if I can't have her, no one can, he stabs himself in the neck and at the perfect time where Allison is walking into the house and it's a reminiscent scene of the beginning of the film where now Allison is, looks looks out at Laurie Strode and thinking, oh, she just killed my boyfriend because she didn't want me to be with him and she's fucked up and crazy because of the whole Michael Myers thing still. I... Uh, so she she heads out and then we find out she makes the realization pretty quick once the uh, once the police chief gives her a call saying someone called a suicide in at your grandma's house that uh, something is afoot. And maybe things weren't exactly as they seemed when she popped in the door. Um, so Michael, who has just been hanging out in the fucking well this whole time, decides now I'll go to Lori's house and just, you know. Finish what I started, I guess, even though after Halloween Kills, it was kind of looked at as he doesn't care about Laurie Strode. He just cares about killing. 
So that kind of got wiped away from the record, I suppose. But final showdown between Lori and Michael was pretty cool. It was a little anticlimactic until the very end. I thought they were going to give us one last jump scare when they really take out Michael for good. Um, but no, they didn't. And it's just kind of it ends. It ends. Halloween ends. Halloween's over. No more Halloween for anyone. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I, I wasn't crazy about this movie. I thought some of the scenes were a little laughable and silly. Um, I feel bad for laughing at the very opening scene. Like as the parents are walking in, you just see this, this black, uh, image falling through the screen. Like, at like a million miles per hour. And then just to the mother's horror screaming like, Oh my God. Like, so I think I laughed cause I thought it was kind of cool, but you, I, I definitely am going to get a Peacock subscription, I think, or, or bum one from a friend and try to watch this movie again. Cause I think it definitely deserves a, <clears throat> a second rewatch. Some of the thing. Okay. So I'm not going to make this a total shit on fest. Um, some of the things I really enjoyed about this movie was the, was the fact that it did feel like it was in John Carpenter's wheelhouse, especially, um, you know, like I said previously, it did feel like a mix between Christine. Um, you also have that automotive aspect where Corey is given a motorcycle from his stepfather, um, because he's always late to work by riding a bike. So he kind of gets this new vehicle. And once he gets the, the, the motorcycle, that's when things start. He starts acting a little bit different. Um, a little bit more confident that people necessarily might not be used to because of how he's been perceived and acting due to letting this tragedy rule his life up until now. But you know, that's when he runs into Michael and just kind of goes from mild mannered Corey to I'm a badass biker dude, all the Christine, um, which ultimately you got to look at how does Christine and Arnie doesn't make it out alive. So why should Corey, um, he was, I will say that, the the actor who portrayed Corey, um, what was his name? Uh, Rowan, Rowan Campbell, uh, was great. I thought he was, I thought he was a great addition. I was kind of wondering like, oh, was this guy in Halloween or Halloween ends? He, he looks a little similar to, uh, Allison's, um, boyfriend from the original, um, movie, but, uh, he was not. So. I, I, I thought he was a great addition. I thought it was I thought it was fun how they went off into this new territory and in the same vein as the original Halloween three, besides the the fact that they had the title screen where it was, you know, black background, this italicized light blue text, which I also thought was pretty reminis- reminiscent of David Lynch. I got a real Twin Peaks vibe. Uh, from those title screens and or like fire walk with me. I don't know why, but I just did. So you see that. And then what what else happens in Halloween three season of the witch? Michael Myers isn't in it. And this movie does not have a lot of Michael Myers in it either until, you know, you get a little flash, I think, in a bar where um, in that world, they've made a movie about Halloween, um, the actual events, because it really happened in that world. So in the same vein as the original Halloween three, they kind of reserve their Michael until the very end, 
where, you know, he's not even he hasn't even really been a character. He's almost like a throwaway character at this point, And then they just fucking chuck him, chuck him to death. But I, I, I thought the I thought the performances were strong. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing in this movie. I think uh, after barely seeing her in Halloween Kills, I think she really delivered a fantastic performance for the end of this. I went I saw this with my partner Jasmine. Jasmine said the exact same thing that Jamie Lee really fucking knocked out of the park. I think that. Uh, I think the actress who plays Allison um, and Andy uh, Matt uh, Maddie catch Maddie check. I'm so sorry. Um, the actress who plays Allison was incredible as well. I think the die they were, she was definitely her and uh, Rohan were doing the best that they could with some of the dialogue that they had to read. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I can't, believe some of the lines that came out of their mouths in the beginning of this movie. It was just very strange, very awkward. Oh, and oh, man, again, I thought I was done shitting on this movie, but there was a, uh, the overarching throughout the movie, there is a, um, a DJ in this town who all of a sudden like a 70 style DJ on the airwaves constantly whenever someone's got a radio on or anyone is like listening to anything, it's always Willie the kid on the, on this radio station. And that's kind of setting the backdrop with, um, for the, for the town at this time of the year, but they really don't do anything with Willie the kid. Um, you get a great cameo from Darcy, the male girl for all my Joe Bob Briggs fans. Uh, and when, when you're in the radio station, but you know, Corey Michael makes quick work of uh, both of them, but I don't know. I if I were Darcy the male girl, I would be fucking pissed that I didn't. I got killed by Corey Michael and not Michael Myers. So Darcy, you deserve better. Sorry, sorry. Um, I really, I I feel like again, this is kind of like a stream of consciousness. I'm just kind of going out here, um, getting my points across. But definitely, if you want to hear more of my take and Cammie and Kyle's take as well on uh, Halloween Ends, give us a listen at over at Spooky Time Presents. Our episode on Halloween Ends should be out Friday or Saturday, excuse me, Saturday, October 15th, um, sometime that day, where we will have a roundtable discussion of our thoughts on the film. A lot of what I'm saying right here is going to be repeated, but I think it'd be fun to hear what Cammie and Kyle have to say on that as well. Um, but yeah, if you love shelf space review, give us a, uh, a follow on Instagram at shelf space review. If you got something you want to say to agree or disagree with, uh, my take on Halloween ends or any of the other movies in our backlog, shoot an email to us at the shelf space review at gmail.com, the shelf space review at gmail.com. If you want to see me on Instagram, uh, if you want to, um, you can find me at J likes movies on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, yeah, that's really all I've got. If you're interested to see Halloween uh, ends, find it playing at a local theater, most likely playing everywhere in the United States as of today, October 14th, or stream it on Peacock if you have Peacock. Um, yeah, that's really all I've got today. I know some of you might have been looking forward to our review on Split, but uh, fear not. That will be coming next week on Shelf Space Review. Um, I just thought these little shelf space at the movies episodes were kind of fun and a little different break away from the mold. 
If you enjoy what you're hearing, let me know on the email previously provided. But until then, I will see you folks next time. And don't let Michael get you.